Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast, presented by Top Step. I am Jack Pelzer, not joined by Dan at the moment. That's because we pre-recorded this episode last week. It's a great topic. It is about how to finish the fourth quarter strong. It's a little different ball game than the first three, and we got some great trading psychology tips, some strategies, some tax stuff, all sorts of good stuff coming up after this brief introduction. Because we did record what comes next a week ago, we did not see the CPI number today. You know, it's days like these when I'm reminded of a saying of Arnold, not Schwarzenegger, but rather Samuel L. Jackson's character from the 1994 film Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. That is correct. Take a look at this ES chart today. It is 3 o'clock central on October 13th. CPI came out this morning at 8.2, I believe, which caused a 100-plus point break in the ES futures. But if you thought it was going to be a down day, you were certainly wrong because just a little bit later, the market rallied uh, 200 points in the ES. So we went from 100 down to 100 up. That's a rare move, and I just wanted to discuss a few things about that. Uh, mainly, that you have to be careful, A, you don't want to be trading through CPI, right? Through that number. it Everyone knew going into it was going to be very volatile, and it did not disappoint. But also, you have to get a feel for looking at things like the VIX and other products, because that after that initial break... Uh, once the options market opened, the VIX did not really explode, which if this was a truly catastrophic number, and we're going to go from 100 down to 200 down, 300 down in the S&P, you'd expect to probably see. And after hanging out there for a while, that's when the market started rallying back. Um, there's a lot of reasons it could happen. Maybe some of it's baked in. The Fed was going to do what they're going to do anyway. I think some of it has to do with there's a huge amount of put options out there and probably a lot that are expiring around this uh, CPI number because you want to take a bet on it. And then when it didn't continue its move, you know, that premium's evaporating pretty quickly. As I said, the VIX wasn't going up. So there's a number of reasons. But right now, it feels a little bit squeezy. I wouldn't be feeling great long at the moment either because... This seems like a technical sort of rally. The same problems that were there yesterday are there today. So all eyes will be on the Fed in the coming days, fully expecting another 0.75 hike here, which is lovely just in time for the holidays. Anyway, without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation Dan and I had seven days ago. And you know what? Our predictions weren't entirely wrong. Felt pretty good about them in retrospect, but... That's the way it goes. And now, let's do this thing. Jack, we're in Q4. Yes, um, we are. It's the beginning of October. End of year is approaching. I like your topic for us today. Yeah, I thought we could talk a little bit. This comes from a blog we have on the Top Step site about how to get ready, essentially, for the end of the year in Q4. And I think that there's a lot of practical considerations to go into it besides just you know figuring out your taxes or making sure making absolute sure say you're trading stocks that you have enough money to cover your taxes that you're not just reinvesting or retrading that stuff but there's also a huge amount of a psychological aspect that goes into it and i 
would like to start with sort of a personal story of how there are certain traps you can fall into. And for me, the biggest one is I would always start my trading year pretty wildly optimistic, no matter what was happening going into it, of I would have a number in my head that I knew I could get to that year. And uh, because I was wildly optimistic, and the definition of wildly optimistic is usually that you'll be disappointed, right around this time, it would become increasingly clear that I was not going to get to that number. However, I really wanted to get to that number and it started to change the way that I traded. You know, this is October's traditionally a pretty volatile time of the year. And maybe I would trade, shall we say, a bit recklessly to try and get to a number that wasn't that realistic to start with. Is this something that rings true to you or are you much more of a sensei than I? Slightly different. So I had my number at the beginning of the year was minimums. Uh, what I needed to even to this day, right? Like what are the minimums I need to be making to justify what I'm doing? But I always, and I, it's pretty much anything in my life, like to start things off, I have, I start really strong, um, you know, from working out, you know, my first mile on a run to first quarter of the trading year have always been, you know, first quarter, two quarters really have always been my most successful. Um, and I catch myself going, okay, walking into Q4, how much have I made this year? Divide it by three, and that's what I'm going to make this quarter. And I, that's, I've done it a million times where I walk into Q4 thinking this is what I'm going to make. Now, my vacation time increases in Q4. Mm -hmm. um, I like to take typically the last three weeks I'm to a month of December. I'm not doing really anything. November, we got Thanksgiving week. I'm not doing anything there. The beginning of October is my birthday month, uh, the birthday comes into the beginning of October. So not doing a lot around my birthday, going on vacation next week. So I'm trying to tell myself not to do what I've been doing for like the last 15 years of coming into Q4, thinking I'm going to do what I did in Q1, 2, and 3 and avoid it. It's going to be hard because I've already done the calculations. Yeah. It's almost always going to be difficult to do that over the holidays because it's not just you. As people forget sometimes when you make your projections on these things, that I used to shut down my book for the year after the first or second uh, full week in December. And that was relatively common because markets will thin out incredibly, liquidity will disappear. And because of that dynamic, you have the tendency for some really odd moves. Like it seems so quaint now after a world pandemic and you know a hot war in Europe. But do you remember that, um, what was it, 2018, the... Christmas plunge or whatever. December, December 23rd, 2019. I thought it was 19. Sure. I'd believe it. But basically there was a, you know, temporary huge sell-off for reasons that were not entirely clear. Probably has to do with some tax losses, things like that. Like in the market now, especially this year, I wouldn't be surprised if we could see, you know, everyone's negative. Now we could see a temporary bounce on something as simple as tax loss harvesting. There's a lot of stocks that are in the red. A lot of investments in general are in the red right now. And if you uh, lock in that red print, you get to write it off your taxes. So there'll definitely be a lot of funds that are doing that. Basically, there's a lot of different forces working now and they get less predictable later in the year. October is really, I think, the last 
completely normal month. And I think that's what makes it historically uh, more action, right? It's kind of like your last month to trade normally. Yeah, I think so. That's why it's always been such a volatile. And we've historically had a lot of things happen in October. Um, if we wanted to go back in the history of the stock market. Um, but you also, you're spot on, Jack. I mean, come November, everyone's starting to think, get out of here, holidays, you know, kids, what happens always like in the beginning of November, there's fall break from school. Um, so, you know, kids are taking time off. I know for a fact, I mean, my dad was a relatively large treasury trader for his entire career. And the first first ish week of November, every single year we were on vacation. Um, you know, so it's like everyone starts to take that time off. And so if you get through October, that's really where your focus has to be. Like if you haven't hit your numbers by Chris or by Halloween, um, you don't plan on hitting them over the next couple of months. Yes. Still trade. I'm not saying don't go about it, but manage those expectations. I apologize. There is a train going by. I know last time we couldn't hear it, but I'm going to say it again because it's in my ear. So look at me. I went into a different room today, so there'll be no train noise. It's going to be eerily silent here. So I think that it ties into the general trading FOMO people have, but I think it gets worse is I do remember that there was that feeling that it's now or never and sort of like a player in the NBA or something who might, you know, start chucking threes when you're down 20 or something like that. I think that that's the wrong attitude to have because unlike sports or something like that, there's degrees of winning and losing like, in a you can pursue. So like that idea of chucking when you're down 20 in basketball, that's pursuing a high variance strategy, which is fine because it gives you a better chance of winning, of making up that 20. And it doesn't matter if you lose by, I mean, it's still just a loss. That's not the case in trading, where if you do the equivalent of chucking to try and make up on lost time, you're just making a bad decision. You're pursuing a high variance strategy that is not part of your strategy. So one of the things in the blog was basically at this point in the year is, is not to change things up. Whatever's working, stick with that for the time being, because now is not the time to go out on a limb and start messing around trying to find some secret sauce you know it's interesting too jack i mean that's a phenomenal point because you can't just start chucking things and hoping something sticks because the losses are real that's money and coming out of your pocket um the one thing i also will sit here and say is like yes we have to as from a business standpoint from taxing standpoint irs all that we have to think about things on a yearly basis but if you come into Q4 of the year thinking like, I have to knock it out of the park here. You're forgetting that January 1st, we're going to be back at our desk trading again. Um, if that's not your mentality of like, I want to be here in January for Q1 of 2023, um, then yeah, go ahead and start chucking and see what happens. But if you want to be here in 2023, don't, as Hogue always says, risk thy whole wad um, to end the year. It's not worth the risk, you know, sit back. Don't think you're missing something just because the market's moved. I still think that in a lot of ways, besides taxes, which are very real, that time periods, as far as trading are kind of an artificial way to judge your progress, where unless there's some incentive to make X amount of money in X amount of time, 
it's really you should just be continuous, continuously trying to improve, continuously evaluating yourself and slowly sizing up, regardless of what that means for your weekday, month, etc. Like you still should have loss limits and things like that. But I don't think the changing of the year, like the only thing that should affect your trading is the changing of the markets, which will happen at the end of the year for a lot of reasons we mentioned. People will be off. It's the holidays. The markets are thin. That's a good reason not to trade or to trade less. But just the fact that the same applies to when you come back January, I guess it'd be third this year. New Year's is on a Sunday, so we get the second off. You come back January 3rd this year, same thing. Don't get into the FOMO right off the bat. Just keep on improving on what's been working. Just use some of the time off to evaluate what has been working so you know what to do. Yeah, and we've created these these trade plans like over time, putting many hours into it. Stick to what the plan says. If the market's not reacting, how you're looking for it to react, step out, right? The only thing that we we cannot control what the markets are going to do. So it's yes, we can totally think about how much money we want to make. Uh, but the market's really going to dictate that. And if the market's not trading in a way that we're going to see those profits that we, you know, would like to see, doesn't mean you have to size up and start, you know, like you said, chucking, chucking threes to see what happens. Stick to the strategy, stick to the plan and take what the market gives you because you want to be here when the market is firing in a way that is comfortable with your strategy and your strategy, you're hitting everything that's coming your, you know, every, uh, low inside fastball, you want to be crushing each time as it comes in uh, when your strategy's on fire. And when it's not, don't push it. Don't think you have don't to push. make anything. To bring it back to the current market state right now is, okay, it's uh, October 6th right now. Tomorrow's Friday. The markets are in flux right now, where when we talk about what the trends are. We always talk about, you know, trend being your friend or like trading the momentum and things like that. Um, there's been a pause in that. We've clearly been for a long time in a generally downward channel in the equities. After the last two days or after Monday and Tuesday this week, I was expecting a sharper reversal that hasn't really materialized yet. So I'm kind of looking at this of how do we evaluate that as far as the trend? Like, what? how are you looking at the trend in equities right now, Dan? Confused. Um, that, I mean, that for me is really where it stands. Obviously, like big picture, I'm still in a downtrend on this. Um, I would agree with you. I would have expected a little bit sharper downturn, but I also think like there's so many factors weighing on what's going on right now in these markets, like the fed um, closed door meeting, which really nothing to worry about there, but those types of things that are happening, um, paying attention to that type of stuff. I'm kind of curious to see where, where midterms go, right? We're coming up to midterms. That to me is a really, uh, could have an impact on this. I think people are kind of sitting in the same boat as I am, just a little confused, not really sure where it's going to lay, what's going to happen. Um, and so I'm going to just let this thing go sideways until we get a little bit more um, information. And that's what it's waiting for. I think it's waiting on a lot of information. Which speaking of which, 
brings me to my next point. One week from today, CPI. So that's why I'm looking for, I have a bias towards the range trade between now and CPI. Because it's like the moves have been made and we're waiting for that next big piece of information. And something, you know, something unusual could happen, like what happened, uh, what was it, last week when uh, uh, the British Prime Minister came out and decided to, uh, you know, do the opposite of what their bank was doing. Extreme something budget or whatever it was. Yeah, they had to walk that back a little bit because it was... That was a big swing. That was that was a high variant strategy right there to do it. I think I think they have walked it out. It was even crazier with I did not know this, Dan. Were you aware that they don't really do they don't do fixed rate uh, like thirty year mortgages really in England? Like they're all adjustable rate mortgages. So mm -hmm. there, I've heard stories about buying a house over there and like getting mortgages and how difficult it is. Um, I'm glad I'm not there. That definitely seems like something they might want to reevaluate. Obviously, it protects the banks, but man, that's a real, you know, say your interest rates get real high. Seems like a good way to just make everyone homeless if you got like a right? it's like 5% it's like mortgage is 14%. Right. You budget everything on the 2.5% mortgage rate that we were all seeing like a year and a half ago. And then all of a sudden, you've been at your house for a year and a half and now your rates are 7.5%. Like, oh, yeah. That would suck. Yeah, so here we are, Dan, back at 37.50 in the ES, right between where our bet is going on here. Uh, yeah, I like between like the, to buy it between the 36.50 and 3,600 area, and then probably sell around the, uh, maybe the 50-day moving average up there around like that big fat number, 4,000. But like, I think until CPI, I don't see a whole lot that's, gonna crash I, this or bring it up i think you were spot on two weeks ago when you were i think was it two weeks maybe it was last week we were looking at it we were right down at the that 36.50 low um what was that the pre-covid post-covid oh 36.50 was the previous bottom bottom and, right and right uh, like from when it went down the the covid that's the bigger one i'm looking at if we keep heading lower that's at uh 3,400, I think. Okay. That's right. So we were at 3,650. I think you got a nice move from that. Um, I think that has to do a little bit with what we saw with this bounce on top of a million other things. Right. Um, I, I, I have nothing right now. Like for me with these markets, I'm really just like trying to keep my stuff as simple as possible. Sit down in the morning, where am I at and focus on those high, high probability setups for me. And everyone yeah. knows my biggest one, if the market opens away from settlement price and looking to see the market rotate towards settlement price, that's, I don't think there's any hiding that move and that strategy for me, it's been successful for a very long time. Um, that's usually how my days start. And then I'll go from there. I'm trading I, small, I think in this, in the range that I was describing there, and then taking a pause to see establish a new trend, which I think comes at uh, CPI next week. Which I'm, I'm curious, Jack, how do you think CPI is going to go? You know, it's such a wonky number and it's kind of whack-a-mole inflation around the economy where now 
rents are the big story now. It was it was fuel prices, goods prices, goods prices and fuel prices have come down quite a bit, like shipping supply chain stuff. But now, you know, as the interest rates go up, the rent goes up quite a bit. Which wins? I don't know. That's why the number is so volatile. That's, you know, that's not a number to trade through. I've been paying really close attention lately to like my everyday costs. Um, I will say, obviously, gas prices up. Um, beef. I bought a ribeye at twenty six ninety nine a pound the other day, and I've been paying twenty nine ninety nine a pound. So that was down, which was nice to see. I was at the car dealer, I was shopping for a new truck, um, and I decided not to buy a new truck after seeing the new prices of them and their. Um, market adjustment dealership fees of ridiculous amounts of money. Um, so those are up. So I've been trying yeah. to pay closer to, and my eggs, my eggs are more expensive than uh, historical. So it'll take I don't some know. time. To I have it no out. idea what's going to happen because I, remember com- companies will want us. They're a little bit resistant. Like the second that the, the goods prices shoot up, they want to make sure they're not selling them at a loss, but then they'll want to sell them. They want to sell them at a higher price as long as they can. Right. So it would take like some gas time. Stations. It's gas stations. You see it very quickly. When oil goes up, the gas station gas prices follow really, really close. When oil starts coming down, they take a long time to start lowering those prices. They kind of milk it for a back of, lack of a better term. They'll milk those higher prices as long as they can until they have to start coming down. And hey, I, I, That's capitalism, I, baby. I get it. <laughs> I would be doing the exact same thing. Cool. So, uh, Dan, I think that's where I'll leave it for now. You got anything you want to add there or else we could talk about like the, uh, new developments we teased last week with top stuff. I think we got to talk about those. Yeah, we do. So if you're a funded trader, you go back to step two. Now, no more step one, you get funded. You are done with step one. We're essentially a one-step program. So if that applies to you, What's, what should they do, Dan? Email support or? Support at topstep.com or give us a buzz, 888-407-1611. Amazing. I still remember that number. So better than my own cell phone number. You got um, that number down. I can't remember my, my wife's number because we met after like you would just be put <laughs> you the number could in save the phone. A number. Right. It's I like, know, why would I? <laughs> I know my phone number, my parents, obviously my blurriness there. I just, okay, I'm back. My parents- I know my grandfather's house phone and that's it. I know a bunch of friends from like grammar schools that they don't, their parents don't even live there anymore, but. I mean, of- I got really good with 1-800-CALL-ATT and then doing the quick, you know, mom finished hockey practice, come pick me up, bye. Nice. Well, don't do that to us. If you want a new uh, start, step two of the combine. Uh, uh, absolutely. Email support. And if you've been at Top Step and you haven't been here in a while, but you were funded previously, um, you still have some time to make sure you sign up and can come back and start right at step two. Um, Pretty exciting stuff. So I'm excited about it. Well, thank you, Risk Manager Dan, for that. That is all then for Limit Up this week. We'll be back next week. I'm kind of enjoying doing the podcast from here. It's quieter. There's no train. So Dan will not be back next week. He's taking a vacation. Oh, yeah. Well, then either I'll be here with Doherty or we'll see you in two (laughs) weeks. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Have a great Friday. Have a safe weekend. Trade well. Stay safe. Namaste. And I already said trade well, but do it anyway. (laughs) The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. 
We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>